trending news right now. We take a look at what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. Joined today by Busisi Wekhatebe, social commentator, SABC Digital News content creator. Good morning on this Tuesday, Busi. Asa! Long time. Uh, How have you been? (laughs) I'm fine, thank you. I'm recovering. I'm good. Let's do this. Let's 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 do this exactly. I'm great. Thanks. I love that energy as we have started the week. We need it to keep going. <laughs> we do. We're, we're not really we're definitely not grounded like Kome Air flights. No. We are on, we are up in the air. <laughs> we're up in the air. We're up in the air taking no prisoners. Absolutely. So let's talk about others who are up in the air doing great, amazing things. Mm. The uh women's world cup semis. The Proteas there, they they're doing great. They've won against England. I just want to say something. You know, Asa, I was watching Banyana Banyana when they were in the women's FCON, and I was just thinking to myself, it's so amazing how the women teams, be it Banyana Banyana or the Momentum Proches women, are doing so well compared mm. to their counterparts, you know. Um, you know, the counter, the, the Bafana Bafanas or the Proches, they they fail to, to get into a big competitions, and these ladies are just doing great um, and we are here for it so that's just wonderful a lot of congratulatory messages on social media you know calling them queens saying big ups well done ladies so they beat England mm-hmm. in the one day international world cup on um, it was yesterday morning and it's their first victory in ODIs over England since 2000 the year 2000 as well. that's awesome well congratulations yeah. to them and uh, the next match will be on Thursday. On Thursday, they're going against New Zealand. And it's going to be playing 3 a.m. South African time. So, you know, for not even the cricket lovers, just, you know, just to show support. Yes. If we are up at that time. We can, we can watch the match and, you know, just cheer the, the ladies on. Oh, that's awesome. We definitely need to cheer them on. And yes, we are up at that time. We are sound awakers. <laughs> well, I guess uh, good luck for them then on Thursday. Yeah. And yeah. what do they face with New Zealand? What do we know? Have they faced New Zealand before? I know uh, in terms of England, uh, they've lost to Australia and they're yeah. going to be, uh, you know, uh, facing them. But also with us in New Zealand? So they think it's going to be very tough. Because, you know, against New Zealand, we have won, I think, two matches. And then they've also won two matches from four games. So it's going to be a tough contest. It won't be easy peasy. Um, but, you know, we have we have faith in our ladies. They've been doing so well. Mm. They just, you know, overcame England. And they've just been on the up and up. In their opening encounters, they had beat uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan. So, you know, um, it, 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 I don't think any is a is an easy match, but, you know, just that momentum of winning, I hope they just carry it um, to Thursday when they face the New Zealanders. Okay, we'll see how that goes, but we are rooting <laughs> behind them, definitely. Uh, let's definitely. Uh, talk uh, DSA now, the Civil Society Group and um, DSA as well as AfriForum. They have taken uh, to COCTA to legally end the national state of disaster. They don't see why we should still be in this. And uh, however, it may not be coming to an end, this national state of disaster, as Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Nkosa Zanatlamini Zuma is saying no. 
And Asa, you know, today is actually two years ago mm. when um, the president announced what level five alert, you know, that strong lockdown where everyone mm. stays at home, don't visit family, don't go anywhere. And uh, people are just waiting to see if possibly we'll have a family meeting, if either it will come to an end. You know, there's a lot of speculation. Some don't want masks anymore. They, I mean, you see it in the shops. I've seen it so many times. They don't care anymore about social distancing. People just ignore the, the markers and they'll just come breathing down your neck. Mm. But um, as you said, yes, um, so it's possible that it also won't come to an end because of this court case. Um, you know, AfriForum and DSA approached the Pretoria High Court last month and in a bid to have the state of disaster declared invalid. Now, um, Minister Nglamini Zuma has notified the civil rights organization and the co-applicant that, you know what, we are going to oppose this court bid, which means it's going to be, you know, some, uh, some legal challenge that's going to take place and it won't necessarily come easy to end the National Disaster Act or state. And another thing, it's not just them. You know, a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of um, analysts, health people, health practitioners are actually saying, you know, I mean, we, we must come to a point where we're living now with this thing and just continue, as we've seen in Europe, if, if mm. uh, put, uh, the, the restrictions are down. Kenya also recently ended all restrictions. But unfortunately, um, in Europe, the, the, the cases have gone up again. So, yeah, so we, we, we want to see what's going to happen with the state of uh, disaster. But you know what, Asa? Mm. I don't think it's that easy to just say, guys, uh, let's just stop everything, stop mask wearing and all the precautions, because it's still there. It's still around us, this, um, this virus. And I think it should be find ways to easily um, 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 and to ease into it in order for us to be able to 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 survive and not just live with it, but to survive in case someone gets infected. And um, apparently now the, the vaccination rate has gone up by, I think, 40% or 42%, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. um, the adult population. So at least, you know, there is a slight increase also, you know, with the vaccination. Which is good. And as you say, I mean, the argument given also by AfriForum and DSA saying that the pandemic is not of the requisite magnitude uh, that requires this state of uh, disaster anymore. But it is not over, COVID. We, we, are, we know the cases are still coming to the fore. And even Hong Kong dealing with what they are now, China mm -hmm. seeming, seemingly mm -hmm. there are new variants and, and new lockdowns might be imminent in the future because it's not over. Do you think, yes. though, that as much as uh, the, the pandemic is not over, this na national state of disaster is more on a policy than a practical level? Because, as you also mentioned, rightfully, that people are tired of wearing masks and we see yeah. people slacking in terms of what they're supposed to, even with social distancing. Yes. I think it's policy, because um, it is an act also, so they can't just change it willy-nilly. They, they have to also consult, I think, with the National Department of Health. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the health minister has said that um, in order to amend the act, the National Health Act um, and the state of disaster one, um, new health regulations have to be put in place um, in order for the country to move out of the state of disaster. 
And these health regulations must ensure that there are enough protective measures to replace the Disaster Management Act. So it's not just a, just a, let's just meet and decide to end, to end this thing. It, it is a policy thing. I believe it is a policy thing at the, at the present moment. And I think that's why the minister is um, opposing and she's challenging, you know, this DSA because um, she, she, she said when she was uh, opposing them that adequate measures to deal with the effects of COVID-19 beyond the state of disaster have been finalized. And, you know, they, they, they've been working on that. But I think maybe because people are so tired, as well, it's, it's easy to jump the gun and say, and, and just take, you know, government to court and say, you know, we don't want this anymore without realizing maybe have a communication with them and find out what exactly is going on. So what do you think will be these uh, protective measures? Uh, how will they be enough? Are they already not enough? What else can be done? I mean, as you say, the health minister saying the new health regulations will ensure that uh, and then they will replace the Disaster Management Act. How will there be enough protective measures? What more can be done now, really? So I think what what they're looking at now, they're saying the regulations will cover um, surveillance and control of notifiable diseases. So I think the, the, the measures that they want to put in place is to be able to detect viruses and be able to act on uh, threats um, of viruses and the pandemic. We already uh, have the National Coronavirus Command Council. Then what have they been doing? And- <laughs> They're probably consulting with them. <laughs> <laughs> they probably monitor. After you know, but let's be honest. Yeah. There's so many groups and the government this and that. And then there's then the PPE scandal. What are they doing? You know, I was even asking myself, remember the graves that they dug up? So many graves. Yes, I remember that time, yeah. And recently, Baraguanas, there was a a lunchtime picket. And the the doctors were, you know, were complaining that there's no food to feed uh, patients. And they were saying people who are temporarily, um, what's this, employed, they were not renewed. Apparently, there's a ward now also that was built for COVID-19. It's empty. And the NASREC, remember, was also converted into a makeshift at some stage. So you are right in asking questions. What other measures are are, are to be put in place? Because they they did so much, but still uh, we are here where we are today. And uh, what people need to do, and they keep telling us it's it's, it's vaccinated, it's mask wearing, it's sanitized. You know the sanitizer in front of shops and malls. People just walk past now, Asa, yeah. because they, their hands are tired. So you are right in asking what more to be done and what is the NCCC doing, what's happening. So maybe it could be stalling tactics. I don't know how, I don't know why, but we need, we need to find a resolution to move forward. I mean, this alert level that we are on now is very, very relaxed. Um, yeah, and we tried the surveillance thing. We we tried the implementation thing. We know what happened there with the SNDF that was deployed. Things didn't work uh-huh. out well either. Yes, yes, yes. When they were forcing people to and forcing people to adhere to, but that's not happening anymore. Uh, remember, people are going to be fined if you are not wearing a mask. Police could arrest you. I don't. I haven't seen that happening because so many places people do not wear masks. Especially when they're walking out in the open and the streets, mm. they, they, they're not wearing masks.
And you try and, and give them that eye, but they don't catch, they don't look, they don't see, they don't get the message you try and give them when you give them that eye, especially in the tills in supermarkets. I just give them that eye, like, please be aware that you're standing very close to me. I try and say it with my eyes, but they still don't get it, people. I, I, I try moving next, and the person will move with me like a dance. <laughs> like, no, this other lady shame today, she got it. She looked around and she saw. The, this, so, you know, last week I was very sick. <laughs> I was so sick. Yeah. I went to the doctor. Um, I went to go get uh, medicine from the chemist. And people were just, did you know what I did? I coughed on purpose. <laughs> like, <bro. laughs> just so they move. <laughs> One of them didn't bother. They just did that. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Even at the gym, sometimes I see people walking around, uh, moving from yeah. one section to another without wearing a mask, and they're supposed to. I mean, you can take it off when you're running, and when you're yeah. actually exercising on the machine. But when you have to move around, you you need to have it on. But people don't. They don't. Even as a, on on transport, if you're traveling um, via plane or bus. The, the seats are filled to capacity. And if you're traveling eight hours, mm. some people remove their mask. You know, they say you can remove it while you're eating, but some just leave it leave it off. And then you'll hear a cough and a sneeze and this, there. So it, it's, it's the people are, are tired and they, they don't see a reason. I mean, the, the numbers that are being reported are very low. The other day they were saying zero deaths in the last 24 hours. Yeah, even today. Hours. Yeah, oh, you see. So uh, people are saying, ah, oh, you know what? It's it's very low. I think we can we can win this. Yeah, but yeah, we 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 really can't relax, as you say. And you know, I'm reiterating that this is not over, guys. We still yeah. are in the middle of COVID nineteen, and we're yeah. seeing what's happening in Hong Kong. Hopefully, it doesn't spread to us now again. Mm. Uh, but uh, let, let's just do what we need to do. Yeah, let's just protect ourselves. Uh, more than anything, it's just you're protecting yourself and your family members and others because it does spread. Just one cough as a AIDS, it's, it's, it's enough. Yeah. I want to say when someone coughs, why why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I, I really I get so tempted to ask. <laughs> If you're not at the doctor or you're not in a place that's got a doctor, maybe I could say, okay, she's parking because she's going to the doctor there next door. But if you are somewhere just open and you're coughing, I want to say, why, why are you here? Even at the gym, why are you here if you're coughing? And they do it. And they do it. Or sneeze. They'll just sneeze, sneeze away. And I don't know if people are just like, we don't care anymore. We're just going to live with this thing. Or people felt the restrictions. Maybe the restrictions were really, really well. They were hard. They mm. were hard. They, they were. were yeah. They, they, yeah. People just want to go back to the old normal. Never mind the new normal. They want to go back to yeah. the way things used to be. I, I mean, after even on the weekends, so you see funerals. Ah, there's no, there's no number of control and stuff. It's buses. People. It's it's normal. It's normal. And that would be even easier for law enforcement to control because you know where the funerals are. You know what I mean? And, and you know you can work with even the undertakers to find out what the registrations are, yes. the funeral parlors, where are funerals taking place, and, yes. and start there. So I, I don't know. Let, let's talk the holiday swindler, talking about trying to get back to normal, people traveling. So this, <laughs> yeah, so this, she's been dubbed the holiday swindler now. Tazneem Musa has a company called Hello Darlings where she was b uh, booking travel for people. 
And, um, you know, because we love to travel, it's easy to fall into this trap of seeing a, a travel company. You know, she was advertising five-star hotels in, in exotic destinations, and people are really wanting to travel again. So I think, you know, that also made people to, to, to be interested. But now the police are investigating her, and... Um, they, there were there were claims that she had fled the country, but you know she was recently interviewed and said she has not skipped the country. She's still around. But what's happening now is that she fears for her life because even her family is being threatened. Um, they've received numerous death threats. But we're looking at, I think it's over 200 or 2,000 people who've been scammed. How did she um, scam them exactly? So she was promising them travel, and then the travel didn't happen. Yes. The traveling didn't happen. Um, so, and, and, and they're saying it's a pyramid scheme, but what she's saying is that she has no money. Um, apparently, she was then taking the money and then, you know, putting it in a nest egg or something. But she says what she did was, if if um, if you come, Asa, and, and, and pay, pray, yeah. pay for um, an, a holiday, um, I don't know what would happen to the money, but you would need me to come replace the money that you have put in. You know, like a, a permit scheme where you say you need mm. to call someone. That says, so it, it, it's very complicated, but the police are investigating to see how it actually happened. And she's saying now that she has to liquidate the company because she's saying that it was badly run and badly managed. But she did manage to take some influencer or influencers to trips, and they were busy advertising hello darling and now they've distanced themselves from the company but do they, they get paid these influencers for that they got free trips they got a trip abroad and you know they didn't pay anything for flights or accommodation for whatever it is in 2021 so they 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 managed to to cash in on that uh, via trip have they said so they haven't said anything these influencers do we know who no, they are they, this distance and stuff. One of them is Aisha Baker. I don't, I don't, but she's an award-winning blogger and influencer, um, and she's one of the the influencers that was taken out on the trip by this company. And yeah, but they've distanced themselves from this company. Um, and this lady Tazmin's social media accounts have been closed because that's what people are complaining about that they can't reach her. They can't reach her by social media. And she says yes, because people have been um, what, tracing her mm. uh, via social media, tracing her family, and then the death threats uh, are coming. And this is, there's a group of disgruntled people, obviously, who are scammed of their money, hard-earned money. They formed a group, and they're busy, you know, uh, looking for her. But the police are saying they've got some, they, they're gathering evidence. So far, they've got over 200 uh uh, claims or cases and they still appealing to anyone who has fallen victim to the scam to come forward and I like what the police say Asa. you know what they say, mm -hmm. they say if it's too good to be true then yeah. do not, that's what the police will say yeah. they and they're say, saying the same it's... thing that psychologists are saying because we've talked about the, the Tinder swindler phenomenon that's happening because it's not just Simon Lviv, we've found there's so many yes there are so many, and that's why we need to be very careful before we decide to invest 
into something or book holidays or something, something where you need to part with your money. As I can't just be just a, a startup company. Unfortunately, there are established companies that have scammed people as well, but this, you, you really need to be really, really careful. Mm. I want to, to just uh, continue talking with three more questions on this particular hashtag, but we need to take a short break. Let's continue okay. after this with the trending news. Trending news right now. We continue with Busisiwe Khadebe on what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. So still on the topic of uh, the so-called holiday swindler, Taz Musa. So we were saying on the one side that the influencers that she was using or who were, you uh, you know, part of uh, her advertising in her agency, Hello Darlings, they've gone mum. Should it be part yeah. of the investigations that they also get called to testify or some kind of questioning happens there? Would it be the responsible thing? to do on the part of these influencers to come forward? I think they should, because then they'll have to explain, um, example, how they were approached or how they went into court. Because they, or, you know, influencers, they, they, they influence us into buying products and, and being interested in stuff. So they have a role to play. We can even be looked at like uh, they are following and how many people actually from their following decided to join this Hello Darling. And it's this thing, it, 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 it just, you know, even this Tasmanian lady, when she tries to explain, I said, it's not making sense. She was saying she when she, she was running into a loss, so when she was running into a loss, she's advertising more trips. My question is, if Asa has paid this certain amount of money, isn't it the logical thing to do to then book her flights for that money and the hotel accommodation and sort out her itinerary? Why, why? What's happening to the money? As I saying, what's happening to the mm. money? Busi saying, uh, how is she handling the trips? I would think that that's what these uh, trip people do, um, you know. And you see a lot of them. Kantum Pumalanga was Kantum was It's five thousand. You would think that that, and they do mention it covers flights, it covers accommodation, it covers um, what's this events at that place. So where was that money going? She was just eating it, or she was just spending it, or like she says. It was poorly managed. The company was poorly managed. And she yeah. thinks she's broke. I wonder what the business model is exactly for travel yeah. agencies because the prices do seem to be all-inclusive and they are cheaper. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they bet on the fact that a lot of people will come forward and then they do bulk bookings and that way they get cheaper rates. And then if that doesn't happen, then what? Because it is risky. I'm just it wondering what risky. the business model is. Um, you you did, Yeah. No, 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 I agree. It is very risky. It is very risky. Yeah. You you did mention Hello Darlings then, her travel agency. She's saying it's being liquidated. She's broke. Yes. But we do know also that it runs through her other company called Human Marketing Capital. So what's going to happen to that company? Sure. And I don't know what's going to happen to it. We, we want to just wait and see. Because, you know, if she's just going to say she's liquidating it, a lot of people are thinking it's just that she's 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 taking the easy way out, and people still want their money. So they want they pay thousands of rand, mm. um, you know, into the. Imagine if she was advertising a destination, example New York and Dubai, and saying it's twenty nine thousand. That's that's not cheap. That's not small money in this day and age. We're looking at ESCOM going up, petrol prices going up. Food prices. I mean, yeah. people are, are struggling. Some lost their jobs during COVID, and you're busy taking people's money like that. And I don't know why people, because you know there are 
reputable companies that have stood the test of time that you see, example, your flight centers and this and that. Why not stick with those or do or plan your own trip then mm. um, instead of this new, I don't know, I don't know how she swindled <laughs> the people for for holiday trips. It's, it's unfortunate and it's not the first time we see such scams yeah. where people have lost so much money, some of them even using their pension. Oh. It's, it's, it really is unfortunate. I don't even know what will happen if she's saying that she's broke. She has no money. She's going into liquidation. I don't know um, what the, the law will be able to do there in, in terms of taking its course. Because also, as in the case of, I think, Simon Lviv, Yes. It was proven that the money was given to him, not with force, that people made the choice of giving the money to him. So how do you prove that she stole the money that you willingly put into her account or whatever it is um, into the, the company? So, yeah, that's but, another thing that makes these cases tricky. But can't you prove that you didn't get your value for money? If you go to ShopRite and you want um, bread and you pay for bread but you leave without bread, I mean, no. The other challenge that I'm finding is that people were paying off monthly. So they were paying in installments. So yes, she could say yes. that maybe the money, you didn't finish paying the, the installments. Could she and not use that as an argument? Shares? Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh. she allowed people to pay off their, their trips monthly. So she could say, well, before, because others didn't finish paying their installments, it meant that the company went down. Other people didn't stick to their agreements. And you know what? Also, as what these companies do, they actually charge more than what if you sit down and plan a trip for yourself and sit and check cheaper communication, whatever. You find out that, example, it will cost you ten thousand as compared to the fifteen thousand or the twenty thousand that they uh, are charging. So, and other people, you have to put a deposit to secure a place. So, where's all that money? Mm. And then Maybe she can say, but the deposit's secured, deposit. I can't get that back because some uh, resorts won't give you your deposit back. She can use that as an argument as well. I don't know. It's just going to be uh, very it's interesting so to see how, how uh, it pans out. It's, so it's very tricky. tricky. And I guess that's why, I mean, maybe, you know, as we say, in, in terms of psychological analysis, uh, this narcissistic behavior does bet oh. on those things. They do their research, these people. They're quite intelligent. Yeah, yeah. They don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do this. Yeah, you yeah. are correct. You are correct. Ugh. Let's let's and leave then, it there because Easter's coming and the long weekend. We don't want to traumatize people and they don't want to go travel <laughs> anymore. <laughs> they never book for themselves. Yeah, I think that let's let's just do that. I guess let's just make time to to plan our own trips and and do whatever we need to do ourselves. Uh, let's talk Tresemme and clicks uh, the SA Human Rights Commission holding an yes. inquiry on racial discrimination. In, in advertising. Well, it's not so much about those two companies, but we cite them because of previous reports in terms of yes. their advertising and how it was seen to be a bit racist. So the first witness is uh, anti-racism and hair activist Zuleika Patel. We know her for being the face of that fight that waged uh, in yes. high school at the Pretoria Girls High back in 2016. Yes. So, you know, the inquiry started yesterday, Monday, it will end on Friday. So Yes, it is about uh, discrimination and advertising, and you're correct that Theresa May and Clicks, it was actually raised during um, the questioning of Patel and uh, what um, Hussein Ngo, Dr. Ngo, 
And, you know, she was saying that the adverts, the clicks adverts, the Tresemme adverts, reinforced racist stereotypes against black women. Um, and for those who have forgotten, remember, you know, it was the, the ad campaign saying, you know, um, a black woman describing it as dry, damaged hair, frizzy and dull. So um, she was saying that, you know, um, there is um, at, at the advert reinforced racist stereotypes. And they're also saying that many of the advertising companies are, uh, are run by, you know, uh, a, a white people. So they, they will not be sensitive to the different race groups, and um, they they run the, the the monopoly of the advertising companies. And um, she was just saying that the use of those words, dry, damaged, frizzy, dull, why were those words used, um, opposed, um, and, 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 and why was it fine that, you know, for white women's head was described as normal and flat, and this just reinforced anti-blackness which is constructed by colonialism and has stripped black people of the dignity. She was, you know, she was speaking on that. It's not just here also. So, but also you're just saying Mwisen Ndlozi is going to also be uh, taking the stand. So is he going to be the second witness? Yes. So he also spoke. So, so both of them spoke on Monday. Um, okay. Ndlozi and, and Patel. And he also, so, you know, they did speak about the advertising, but the, the Tresemme came up. And Ufosi was saying that, you know, um, they they were not at fault by picketing against tricks stores and um, and this Tresemme because, you know, he's saying that, you know, this campaign raised awareness on, on a new and insightful approach to deal with anti-black racism. So, you know, they're echoing the same sentiments with Upatel saying, you know, this advertising industry, it's so, anti- it, 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 it's racist and it's, you can see that it's, it's, it's got colonialism undertones and that they both were saying that advertising companies need to be held accountable. And like what you just said now, Asa, you are right. It's not just hate. It's also yeah. the stereotypes that we'll see with the different adverts, um, the type of products that are being uh, um, advertised to black households, the type of products that are advertised to different other um Races and, and yeah, but there is an undertone of a separation where it comes to race and, and class in, in adverts. So I think I'm happy that the inquiry is not just looking at this particular one on here, but they, yes. you know, it's about this the discriminatory content in general within the advertising yes. industry yes. that's needed. Yes, and um, Rosie was saying, you know, the, the advertising industry needs to be fined, as a, he's saying like 50 billion, and then. Then he said that 50% needs to go to SABC. We know why. And then 50% must go among black-owned community radio stations because the big role players that are getting the money are your prime media. So you are fighting prime media and the other radio stations and, and, and different components of prime media. But now, another thing is, you know, um, they did take this case the equal, to the Equality Court and last week it found that the controversial shampoo ad did not unfairly discriminate against black women. That was the finding. Mm. And they said what uh, made it an issue was a cropped social media version of the advert. That was the probable cause of the public anger and na- nationwide protest in 2020. Mm. Imagine that. That's what the Equality Court said.
Well, yeah, let's see how that goes, and it should be ongoing. We need to have these conversations, and, and more yes. than anything, they need to be part of regulations. Uh, there must be action there. We are out of time, so let's just listen to a voice note on uh, somebody wants to talk about the COVID-19 uh, topic that we had. Okay. Hi, Asanda. Just blame the anti-vaxxers for this. South Africa has a vaccination rate about 40%. Europe has 90%. In Europe, everything, or almost everything, is open. South Africa, we've still got a state of disaster. We cannot even go to a soccer match or anything. Blame the anti-vaxxers. If more people vaccinated, the state of disaster could have been gone months ago. Mike. Asanda Beta on Sound Awake, Monday to Friday, 3 to 5 a.m. Okay, thanks so much for your time, Busi. Thanks, Mike, there for your views. Uh, let's leave it there for today. Happy Tuesday. Thank you, Asa. Have a great one. Great stuff. Busi Wekadebe is social commentator talking trending topics and what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours.